Alright, so um, this shows uh, the power of God's Word is how it integrates into everything that we do and and how we can seek the, the moments of life and what today like today represents and everything comes together. And uh, we'll start off with a word of prayer and then we'll move on to Psalms. We'll start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to gather. We thank you for the for blessing us with the, the fathers in our lives, Father, and what they do and what they represent, Father. We thank you for that. We ask you now, Father, we go on to this, this message today, Father, just to lead, guide, and direct, just to open the hearts and minds to receive it, Father, and just take myself out of the way and let your true message shine through. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. I will right, we'll be in uh, Psalms today, uh, 127. We're going to turn there, and we're going to start in verse 3. Psalms 127 and 3. Lo, children are the heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of thy womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of the mighty men, so are the children of the youth. Happy is the man that has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Children are a gift. Now... Sometimes as we go through fatherhood, motherhood, we're going to say fatherhood today, that's what we're talking about, but as we go through that and we see all the, sometimes the, the situations that we, we go through with our children when they don't behave just the way we want them to, when they don't act the way they want to, and you know, all the little things, the sleepless nights, the, the, the sicknesses, the worry, the, the fear, and um, the, the disappointments, and, and all these different things, it's like, hmm. It's a, it's a struggle. But then there's that other side of things when they can do something that's so simple. The first time that they, they stand up on their own, the first time that they run across the floor, when they, they bring home that, that good grade, when they make that accomplishment, when they overcome a fear, when they're able to do things on their own, whenever the, all these little things that they do, that we had a part in teaching them, that we had a part in seeing. That's what makes everything so worthwhile. We have such a, a, a pride. We have such a, a, a undescribable love. Very much the way that the love of God is, we aren't able to put that into words. That's the closest thing that, that we can see. We, uh, we start loving our children from the moment that we know they are to be. When we first get the, that first little couple lines on that stick, that first doctor's appointment. Now the thing is, you know, we've talked about this before, that we have an expectation of what things should be. We always are thinking about what things should be and how things should be. And many times that gets us into trouble. Because we have a, an idea in our head of how things should be, whether it be our children, whether it be God. And then when things don't go the way they go inside our head, we get discouraged. We get disappointed. And we tend to, to give up. You know, uh, there's, there's many people, many fathers, that... They are not in the lives of their children. And as a father, I, I just, that just astonishes me because I just couldn't imagine missing my children growing up. 
missing being there and being a part of them and being a part of that. And it's 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 sad when you when you see that disconnect and when you see people that just don't want to do it when it's not involved. It's, it's very disheartening because I personally have received that gift. I've had that that joy and with three of my own that are very high energy there's a life is chaos most of the time when in their moments when they're not around and everything's quiet it's almost too quiet because there's there's something something missing but you know uh we like I said we have that that image of what things should be. I remember when I first found out that I was going to be a father for the first time. You know, we think about all the things that I did as a child coming up and, you know, spending time with my own dad and the things that he taught me, you know, these different things, things that I'm using still today. And, well, immediately I thought, well, that's going to be what I'm going to be doing with my own. And, you know, it seems that, you know, every... Every father wants to have a son. That's, uh, we see that not only in, in life, but even throughout the Word of God. Because uh, that was always what you would hand down. That was your, there. So we have that there. And uh, so I always kind of imagined, you know, from my mind that, you know, I was going to have a son first of all. And it was a big surprise to me when that first ultrasound came out. And it was going to be a girl. It was a shock. But the thing about it was is the love didn't change. And that little girl was very special. And even though that I had an idea about how things should be, the reality was better. Because I was able to do all those things with her just as I would if it had been a boy to start off with. And then, of course, God did bless me with not one, but two sons at the same time, which sometimes feels like there's eight. <laughs> and uh, that, that, that idea was different, too, because, you know, you don't, whenever you get that, that thing from the doctor saying, there's not one heartbeat, but two, that's a, that's a shocker. You know, how are we going to, deal with two at the same time and you know after doing it for a while it just it just comes natural it's just that's what life is and then we find out that our children are a little bit different from what we expect it doesn't mean that we love them any less it doesn't mean that they're any less special it doesn't mean that that dream or that vision is shattered it just means that we're going to interact differently that we're going to adapt and we're going to do what needs to be done. We have a responsibility as fathers. See, God has a plan for family. All these things he does, he does on purpose. He says that a man and woman should come together. Not because that's just what he thought of, because there's specific reasons for it. Because 
the mother has certain duties, certain things that she excels at when it comes to the children. And the father does too. The father is, is the head. He is a symbol of respect, authority. He is the leader. And this was God's plan. To have certain things instilled in our children. The Bible tells us things like spare the rod and spoil the child. To raise them up in the way of the world and the Lord and they will not depart from it. To instill these things into our children is our responsibility. The father is the spiritual head of the family as well. And we look at what's going on today. We look at the belief systems of these people. We look at the hate. We look at the persecution. We look at the downfall of family. We look at the downfall of religion. We look at the downfall of morality. We look at now what is accepted, what is okay in the course of political correctness. We look at the division and where does it all begin? It starts at home. As fathers, if we're not setting the example, if we're not there and present, if we're not teaching, if we're not doing, if we're not instilling into our children these fundamentals, these God-given fundamentals, then where else are they going to receive it? And how are we to teach if we don't have them ourselves? If it's not a priority in our lives, if we are being driven by the masses, we are being driven by movements, we are being driven by Satan into the darkness, away from the light, out of the word, and into the world, how are we going to be an example? How are we going to be teachers for the next generation? And we see it. We live in a country that was founded on freedom. Freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom to make it on our own, capitalism. We are only limited by how hard we are willing to work, how much we are willing to give, and how hard we are willing to try. generations ago a child would grow up on the family farm they would work they would see that hard work equals food 
equals the things that we need in life. The Bible tells us that a man that doesn't work doesn't eat. But today, people want everything given to them with no effort. They want to overlook the hard work, the dedication, the sweat, the blood and tears that a person gave to be able to accomplish what they have in life. They don't think that's important, that, that these things should be divided up. That no one person should be able to have that much. We all are equal. We all have opportunities. We all have the ability to link up with the kingdom of heaven and be able to have knowledge given to us from the kingdom of heaven. Have a way to make a way. God has a path for us, but we have to see what that path is only by seeking Him. We have to teach to trust in God. But to first be able to teach it, we have to do it. We have to seek it on our own and be that example. Nothing in life that's worthwhile comes without hard work. You get what you pay for. We've all experienced that. You know, if there's something that costs $100, but then you see an ad for that same item, but yet it's only $25. Have you ever fell victim to that? Well, you think it's a good deal. But just to find out, it's an illusion. It's an inferior product. And that is what each and every one of us are without God in our lives, is an inferior product. We have a responsibility. If we choose to take God out of our lives, if we choose to not follow the example and the lessons and everything that he has set forward for us, if we choose to do that, we're not only hurting ourselves, but we are hurting our children. Because we are not raising them in a way that is pleasing on the God. We are not giving them all the tools they need to succeed. If we are not present, if we are not there, if we are not available, we are not giving them all the tools they need to succeed. And it goes on from one generation to the next. We see examples of this in the Word. Abraham. He had his, his quirks, he had his fears, and he passed it down to his son Isaac, which in turn had the same kind of fears and insecurities, which he passed down to his son Jacob, which in turn caused chaos for his son Joseph, 
somewhere along the way, Joseph had a strong connection with God. And he was able to overcome. And that, too, is a lesson. Because we can always blame someone else. Well, my father was never there for me. I don't know how to do it. But yes, you do. You don't have to have an earthly example when you have a godly example. And God can be that Heavenly Father for you. He can be that example. He takes care of the orphans. And it's never too late. If you're not where you need to be as a father, as a son of God, whatever the case may be, as long as you've got air in your lungs, there's still an opportunity to turn things around. We have a heavenly father. That by choice, he created us. By choice, he sent his one and only son to die for us, to buy us back, to cover us in his blood, to save us from the sinful world that we put ourselves into, to save us from the pits of heaven, or from hell, to bring us to heaven with him when that time comes, so we can be with there for eternity. By choice, he chose to love each and every one of us. He chose to make us a family. He chose. And we can choose too. We can choose to be a part of that family. If you have a father in your life that made a difference, that was special, that taught you, that instilled things in you, praise God because that is a gift. And if you are a father, if you have the children, then praise him as well because that is a gift. Don't swander your gift away. Don't swander away your legacy. Appreciate it. Mold it. Make it better than you are. Children always need their father. No matter how old you get, you always find yourself going back for help, for guidance. No matter how old they get, no matter how little they can still do, there's always something that they can still do for that child. The family dynamic is special, and God made it that way. Bow with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity for us to gather today, Lord. We thank you for you being our Heavenly Father. We thank you for the, the, the physical fathers in our lives, Father. We thank you for that. We thank you for everything that you've bestowed upon us, Father. 
We ask for the fathers that are, are, are raising little ones, Father, for, for strength and for guidance, for an infusion, Father, of faith, and to be able to be good spiritual leaders, Father, to be able to teach and instill the things that need to be put in these children today. For the, there will be a turnaround, Father, for the ones that are lacking, that they'll start gathering the truth and understanding. We thank you for this. We ask you to take care of all these needs and situations. Father, if anyone has a need today, or they need to come forward, or they need salvation, they need to turn around, or they just need to say thank you, Father, that that need will be met today, that chains will no longer be binding them, that they'll be set free. We ask these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. 375 in your hymnals, please.